Hello, hello. Welcome back to Let's Talk Nudie. My name is Daniela and I am your podcast host. I'm really excited about this episode. It is with a good friend of mine. His name is Alex Kafour, and he is actually the founder and CEO of Kafour Consulting. It is a 360 digital marketing consulting firm, and they have consulted many amazing companies like BMW, Aroma360, and many, many more. Now, in this episode, we discuss a little bit about his expertise uh, dealing with digital marketing and the psychology behind the marketing of it all. And we also discuss a current project that he's doing at the moment and about ChatGPT, which is I'm really excited to talk to him about this. He's very knowledgeable in the field and he gives a little bit of tips and tricks on how we can implement ChatGPT into our professional and personal lives. ChatGPT is basically a language platform where you can chat with the platform and you can ask it to copyright anything to do with emails, blogs, content for your website, and many other things. I mean, I just know the surface of it and I think we're only doing the surface of it, of the potential that it has. So we talk a little bit about it and how we can implement it and also a little bit of how it's going to affect our lives in society and our educational system and all of that. I'm very, very excited, and I really hope you guys like this episode. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Woo! I feel like you're very knowledgeable about so many topics, especially marketing. So I just appreciate you coming in and, you know, informing people about your specialty. I'm excited to have the opportunity. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Okay. I haven't been on too many, so this is pretty cool. <laughs> nice, nice. So tell me a little bit about your expertise and, you know, your background in marketing. Definitely. Um, I like to say that I'm an expert in marketing psychology and everything that can influence somebody to make a purchasing decision or a business decision. I, I have created... Um, different processes for achieving the maximum conversion rate for either of those two using all pretty much every medium that is available so if it's visual or audio or, or even a scent me medium you know like mm -hmm. um, that could be you know something different it's it's all part of marketing and I just enjoy it and it's a big part of my background amazing wait when you say scent medium how is that Like a, like candles, like what? Yeah, scent marketing. It's actually one of my clients, and what I specialize in is helping them kind of get more visibility to the fact that, you know, the, the way something smells, like when you walk into a showroom, you can be dramatically uh, persuaded to make a purchasing decision depending on how good it smells in there or what it smells like. You know, wow. if you walk into a restaurant and it smells like, you know, the food that you're really into, cooked mm -hmm. and prepared well, you're most likely going to make a, a larger purchase there, you okay. know, a bigger meal, more excited. But if, if it smells like, you know, like a uh, mold, you may be weary of even eating there. So, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But did you study marketing or was it just kind of like a natural thing that you needed to know or wanted to know you were curious about when you were studying marketing? I started by studying web design. Okay. At its simplest form, that's how I call it. Just writing HTML from scratch in, in high school was, was what I was essentially the first uh, introduction to the digital web. And then from there, I was fortunate to have a boss that said to me, hey, can you build our website? You know, can you like make us something that, that's better than what we currently have? And it was at a, at a computer repair shop that I worked at. And Then it grew from that to being like, okay, the site looks good, but we've heard about this Google thing. Do you think you can get us on there? You know, have a show up when people search for us. This is at, you know, the earlier part of, of Google search. So I learned SEO. And then ultimately I learned the value of, of the web and how to monetize mm -hmm. websites. And it just grew from there. And then, okay. you know, once you start doing it for somebody you can either just stick to working for somebody else or you, you grow a passion for wanting to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it evolved. Wow. So you were a developer for, you know, the company that you're talking about. And then you naturally went into like the, the SEO. 
Yeah. And then you just of, stuck with that. Yeah, it evolved automatically because you see like, oh, okay, I made this thing, but nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm. So how do I make it more popular? And then there's like sort of basic rules, or at least there was. Um, it was much more basic than it is now, but uh, there was some simple rules like, oh, have some other websites linked to you. Make sure that you have these elements of the site in a certain way and then you would have visibility and and being Mm -hmm. able to do that for one person is great but then taking that skill and and showing other people like oh i could do this for your business as well that Mm kind of worked out for me pretty quickly oh nice okay so i mean obviously in your experience you use different um ways to increase visibility what is like one way that you would say that really helps brands or maybe websites like really get up there one way specifically hmm well i mean it i would say at least having the the basic visibility of of having a website in general Mm -hmm. but um i think these days there's a huge opportunity to to incorporate new types of marketing like even being on this podcast for example um having people uh, refer to your business within a podcast rather than having a commercial that comes afterwards. And, right. and we hear that a lot in podcasts today where somebody will just be talking and then just be like, man, this tea is amazing. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever tea brand that we're, we're drinking. And now you're like, oh, I'm going to go drink that tea. You're more influenced mm-hmm. by it versus seeing like the billboard on the highway. Mm-hmm. So I think more in- types of integrated marketing is something that businesses should consider if they're just starting out because subliminal marketing is sometimes some of the most influential because right. people are like wait people are talking about this and i feel like i have an advantage by hearing it maybe nobody else knows about it yet mm-hmm. and that comes through this type of medium so i think that's at its simplest form just getting your friends to talk about your business um and if you don't have a website definitely get a website right of course of course it's so funny you say that about branding because i just watched this video on um, it was like the difference between a person, let's say they go to Starbucks and they sit with an HP or like, you know, a Microsoft computer or whatever. It's more going to be like, oh, this person's doing a spreadsheet or something like very, you know, analytical. And then if someone sits down in Starbucks and takes out an Apple, it's going to be like, oh, they're doing creative work. And it's just, I think that's a very subliminal marketing, right? And that's incredible they've really focused on the design of their product to essentially mean that if you embrace their design you have good design qualities and that's what the designers and marketers and the fashionistas want to be recognized for is mm-hmm. their their taste in everything and and when it comes to technology apple has really just separated itself from everybody else and being a very you know chic brand in that way but i do see that it's more of the design of and shape of the computer where you know where as what you would you would kind of say windows computers are mm-hmm. more clunky more business-esque you know apple focuses on those sharp pin lines so it's naturally gonna persuade you in that way but i think mm-hmm. if other companies cared more about their design it i think it would still be the same perception if you have like a a shiny designy computer you're probably a designer you know because it's mm-hmm. almost re- reflective of your outfit in some ways so of course yeah and did you study any marketing like how did i mean marketing psychology how did you get really into that field because you are very insightful on the psychology of marketing and obviously that's part of your job knowing how maybe this design obviously can persuade you to do this or the scent and whatever like do you have any I guess, uh, need to go and do a little bit of research on like psychology methods or something like that. What's funny is I, I always had a passion for psychology and I was never shy of meeting with psychologists, you know, so I, I speak to them often <laughs> for my own, you know, personal life, right. but I understand the value of, of really getting to know somebody. And so what I did early in life when I was fortunate enough to work for big startups that that gave me more, you know, rain in, in the company to like be in different departments is I would sit in with customer service 
and by understanding the problems and the needs of customers mm -hmm. directly through their complaints, their, their outreach, I was able to learn how to influence, you know, their experience in a more mm -hmm. positive way. Like, oh, okay, this product isn't doing well, not because we're using a blue product, but because it's too soft, you know? So mm -hmm. then that means you're evolving um, based off of somebody's needs and, and sentiment versus evolving off of like revenue lines. So that right. I think helped me understand more of, of the marketing psychology, you know, how mm -hmm. to, how to better influence somebody with what is perceived value versus what you think is, is valuable. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think with, especially with different mediums now, the the type of marketing that there's out there has to be so creative to that platform like for example tiktok like it can't be a really well quality based video like it's that's just not the platform itself it has to be more normal like you know like your camera phone whatever so um that's interesting now it's like a little bit different than just plain commercials that it has to be professional camera it has to be everything very professional models no, it's, it has like different elements. How have you been able to adapt your business model to that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I think it's really just understanding the, the target customer for the client. Um, and I think there's still key differences in who is on those mediums. You know, there's the youth are on TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. So if my customer is selling... Um, you know, expensive foreign cars. I don't think that, although TikTok is great to influence them and, and to get them to, you know, see something cool, I don't think it's a platform where you're going to see many buyers from, mm -hmm. you know, so you'd want to make sure that you're making use of the mediums that are going to benefit the client. So th that's really how I've kind of just adopted to the different mediums is saying which one has the demographic I need to be in front of. And mm -hmm. that's how I, I select them for, for different clients. But if you, if you don't uh, kind of put a little bit into everything, you're going to miss out on, on something. Really? Okay. You, you, you're okay. going to have the, the TikTok video that goes in front of the young person that then shows that to their dad and says, I think this is an awesome uh, car and then mm -hmm. their dad is like whoa what is that and then uses their preferred medium to get more information about it so there's still the influence I was referring mm -hmm. to that you you can't live without mm -hmm. so it's it's never like a one-size-fits-all kind of thing when it comes to marketing you have to have more visibility with the with the demographic that's closer to your you know target market and then a little visibility everywhere else too just to make sure you're not missing out right okay it's so funny because with my title company i didn't realize or even recognize that marketing was such a big factor that you actually have to really invest a lot of time in and that's when i kind of got a little bit more into it and i was intrigued by the whole you know psychology behind it and all that and i studied psychology in college and i was in love with it and everything but i never knew that marketing was very psychological until recently, literally this year that I'm like, whoa, like growing my company, I'm like, I really need to master and understand my clients and understand what are they watching? Like, what, where are my clients going for in, in their free time? How can I reach them without, you know, pushing them or, you know, um, being annoying or whatever? Like, how can I add value with my content? And those, all those questions, I'm like, I have to really get into the mindset of my clients. So it's, it's interesting so um it's been a very like adaptable way for me because it's it's like a b2b business right more than like to consumers so it's like a different uh, i don't know i think it's a little bit different right like what do you think about the, the difference between those two like uh, marketing from b2b versus b2c yeah like how would you market how would you analyze the buyer persona for that for for a business yeah I mean that that's a great question because it's oftentimes a business wants to work with someone who has more experience in one or the other mm -hmm. you know they assume that oh if you're uh, you know especially specialties in e-commerce you understand the value of, of only 
business to consumer, you know, mm-hmm. or if you're working with lead generation, you only know how to like grow another business. Okay. But in fact, I think it's important to just understand, like we were just discussing, the person who's going to do the action that you're looking mm-hmm. for. And, and it doesn't matter if it's a business or a customer because it's a human on the other end of that, you know? Right. And so That's true. Yeah. they may be making a purchasing decision for their company or for their home. You know, is it a candle or is it, uh, you know, a whole new software system right. for their company? Mm-hmm. It's still a decision made by a human being. So it's important to understand how to persuade that person in a way mm-hmm. that's most valuable to them. And right. that's what you talked about just now is, is, is value. And that's how I've always looked at it is like, what do I have to do to make you think like, oh, this is a valuable opportunity for me. Let mm-hmm. me explore it. So if you're looking to, uh, you know, get new software for your business, I can show you, you know, advertising that makes you motivated to learn more about it or to maybe understand more about a problem that you can't solve. And then that piece of software ends up being the ultimate solution, you know, and mm-hmm. giving you education in the process. So you've grown from this, but you made a business decision or it's instead like you're looking for the sunglasses that really, you know, make you look good for summer. How do you, you know, make it valuable for you to choose this pair versus another? There has right. to be elements incorporated into the advertising that, that you find intriguing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it goes in both directions. So I, I, I wouldn't say I specialize in either or, but rather I, I just specialize in, in influential marketing, just getting okay. people influenced and, mm-hmm. and hopefully moving them in a certain direction. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you want to talk about your website in Costa Rica? Um, I, I do. I definitely would just say that I think Costa Rica has a huge opportunity for, for evolving their technology there. Um, they have credit card systems with tap, you know, everywhere that you go. So definitely. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So definitely it's a consumer friendly environment there mm-hmm. at the very least. But I think that's kind of where things stop. Um, you have the ability to to get payment but you don't really have any of the other systems that we have Mm -hmm. here that that kind of organize people to do certain things you know like if you want to get um you know an apartment in costa rica there's no zillow you know for example you know there's no um like to rent for like a year or something like there's yeah there's no platform that's going to give you a a listing of all those properties because there's no uh, system like the mls for example here in florida where there has to be a listing and and you have to go through you know certain laws over there it's it's a lot different so there's no organization that makes things more convenient so you often have to deal with just individuals for for Mm -hmm. business related uh, transactions so what i'm doing is just evolving costa rica and and that's what i would say at the very least um do you know seeing where the opportunities are and 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 empowering Costa Ricans with just better mm-hmm. technology. Wait, so if you're looking to rent, let's say if you're like going for a year, like what you guys did with Christy, how how did you guys do it? Like how did you guys find find a place? There's a lot of different um, places that that people post their their inventory. You know, realtors have their own individual sites. Facebook okay. has mm-hmm. a lot of information. Um, you know, you can go to apartment building. Mm-hmm. websites find their contact information mm-hmm. and contact them directly it's a lot of manual work um so i would say it, it was just a, lo- a little bit of everything to say the least yeah yeah you know here it's more like you get a realtor and you tell them the the square footage you want and the number of bathrooms and they come back with 20 listings over there it's you know you hope that the realtor has information right you know? yeah and sometimes they're like i don't i don't know of anything so it's it's a definitely a process wow yeah and like to think that here we have a couple of places that you can actually like try to go find like there's not just this one place like you can go to the mls you can go to the zillow you can do all this so knowing that a country doesn't have that that's that's really cool that you're doing that's this. just one of the you know things that they're missing you know to say the least mm-hmm. i would say in general they don't have um a lot of the luxuries that we have here when it comes to technology. 
Mm. And so some service providers, let's say Uber is, is in Costa Rica. So you can get in, in an Uber, mm-hmm. but um, you can't get food delivered in, in some parts of Costa Rica that are some right. of the most popular, you know, really, so, and not on, not because of Uber eats rather just of any food delivery service that in, exists in application format, but there's tons of phones there to say the least. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's simply that the investment dollar hasn't made its way there yet, but right, I think okay. it, it's only a matter of time. I think so too. I think so too. And in Mexico too, when we went to Tulum, it was like, there's so much development happening and it's just going to develop only a matter of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the chat GPT. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm really excited about this because I know just the surface of it and I know you're using it with your business. So I would love to obviously maybe a little explanation as to what it is for people that don't know and obviously how you're implementing it in your work. Definitely. Um, chat. GTP is a um, it's AI essentially at its simplest form you input a question or a request in the same way that you would do to speaking to somebody in in one-on-one conversation but instead a computer is responding to you with usable information uh, anything from asking it you know uh, what the day is to saying mm-hmm. something as complex as can you write me a biography about myself and the more that you give chat GDP the, the AI system um, is in, for, in terms of information the smarter it becomes so if you tell it that you're tall and that you run fast and and that you like to you know surf mm-hmm. and then you say write me a bio it will use that information to construct a story about you mm-hmm. um and, it, and it's incredible and in, and in, in how detailed it ultimately becomes so what it does for people is it enables a non-copywriter to create you know really good copy and it helps people you know have a who have like writer's block break through some of that it helps start uh, perhaps a conversation that somebody doesn't know how to start. Um, and it also is way more capable on the technology side for programmers and developers. It can, it can actually spit out um, usable code that can be used in, in the development of software. So you can say, you know, write me this specific requirement and it'll, it'll kick out usable um, unbroken code, which mm-hmm. I think is, is going to change the development industry dramatically not that um and you know people always fear like oh this is going to replace humans but i think it's just going to empower them and make a developer that much faster that much more mm-hmm. capable so it's simply going to accelerate our ability to work not replace our ability to work okay um <clears throat> i was i was listening to you know naval naval no it, it's this guy he was in, um, I think it was like Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. And he talks about how inevitably AI will kind of take that admin mini tasks of humans. And eventually what we're going to be concentrated on doing is just creating. Right. And, you know, using our creativity and our ideas and, you know, um, inventing and all that stuff. And what this AI is going to do is all those admin things that a computer can essentially do at one point it's gonna do of course right so what do you think about what do you think about that and how are we going to be able to transition to that point of everyone just doing creative work and not focusing on like that admin side of the world sounds like a dream come true right at least i don't know if everybody's ready for that in their own lives you know imagine if the everything you needed to get done uh, on your computer, for example, mm-hmm. emailed, sent out, a proposal written up or whatever, the, the request just simply came in and then your computer understood what was required and simply asked you important questions. Like, you know, maybe it asks you out loud, what are you doing tomorrow? And you're like, I, I don't have anything going on. Boom. And now it handles your entire schedule and sets you up. And then you might be like, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be hungry around two o'clock. And then mm-hmm. now it blocks out your lunch hour. 
it gives you you know your appointments in order based on like productivity that you've trained it in the past mm -hmm. so i think it really allows us to not think about the things that we find to be annoying and cumbersome mm -hmm. and like you said really just focus on coming up with what's mm -hmm. what's next yeah and then it'll really challenge us i think we're almost lazy at times because of processes that we've put in our own lives and we're just like, I have so much to do, so I can't do that other thing. Right. And what if mm -hmm. none of that you had to do and you could only do that other thing or else you'd have nothing to do. And that that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, I don't have to send out a single email. I just have to focus on what would be like <clears throat> the best, you know, type of creative to, to put out there for, right. for somebody. Then that's perfect. You know, like yeah. I, I'm not afraid of it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I think that the more we embrace the evolution of technology and we allow ourselves to, instead of getting in its way, to get on board, mm -hmm. I think we'll find ourselves to have way more opportunities in life. But I, I sadly see a lot of people who are afraid of technology replacing industries mm -hmm. that have you know, created a lot of wealth to get right. to this point in evolution. But you know, everything has its, its time. You know, sh we just don't, we don't need to utilize every single resource that we've always used just because it created a, a you know, wealth category. I mm -hmm. think it's sometimes you sunset the things that maybe are bad for, for evolution, which could yeah. be environment or, or process or whatever it is. But I just think we shouldn't be afraid to evolve. Yeah, I agree. I know a lot of people are like, you know, scared of change. They don't, they don't really know what's going to happen and they're scared of the unknown and i think that's what brings them to be like oh but this this you know it, it's it's more like that fear of like not knowing exactly what's going to happen but obviously it's it is a little scary especially for example you know kids right now let's say a kid that's like eight they were born with technology like they were born like knowing that a phone exists and you know the internet exists all that stuff we are from an era that we grew up without that and then eventually was implemented in our lives. So we kind of like had this gradual like expansion. They don't understand what it, you know, like what it is not to have phone, not to have internet, whatever. And now it's like with this AI, imagine, you know, the future, you know, people, they're going to be like, Wait, without AI, like, you know, what you want me to do this admin task or you want me to like copyright or you want me to do all this stuff. It's so interesting how fast we are evolving. And I don't know, maybe we have been evolving like this, like from whatever time. But I feel like once the Internet came out, it was like the evolving has been really fast. And it's like, boo, 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 boo. And a lot of people are still catching up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. obviously my parents have their phones and all that stuff, but they have trouble sometimes with a couple of things that you're just like, well, just, just ask Google or, you know, they, they don't know how to do it. So they don't do it. I'm like, just go and figure it out. Like, you know, like figure, go step by step, see where you're blocked and then keep going. Right. So I try to tell them that going through the internet is like that, like signing up for, I don't know, like a website for shopping, right? My mom's like, I want to I wanna sign up. Like, I want to do, a, like, a login and all that stuff because I get points. How, like, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, I have no idea because I don't know which website you're talking about. I don't know the process. But let's go on the website, and I'll sit with you, and let's figure out where it says create, you know, account, blah, 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 right? But her, it's like the concept of, like, not knowing that, right? Right. So obviously it's a little scary for someone to imagine. Someone's like, they grew up without phones, right? They grew up with no, t like nothing like that. And then now a computer can help them write an essay or help them do all this stuff. That's, that's just so scary. So I kind of understand where, where a lot of people are coming from. But like you said, you have to accept the you know the process of where we're going and ai can only help us right now and and it's so true like i see it as an opportunity like how you were telling me about copyright copywriting of course for marketing like that takes away so much time of your hands i feel like that's 
that's incredible for you to focus on the actual creativity of your work right which is incredible and um i don't know i i think there's gonna be a lot of like backlash but hopefully you know we just go with it and we accept it i I think if you're a copywriter you shouldn't be afraid that you're not gonna have more work (laughs) you should be like the amount of work i can get done now is unreal because if you input great copy into an ai software it's only going to evolve the output so as a copywriter you could put five pages of great copy Mm -hmm. and say turn this into 20 and now you have everything that you need to Mm -hmm. fulfill your requirements without having done the amount of work that you did before so you're increasing your output so you're increasing your revenue you know right i think the people who don't embrace it or who are afraid that you know people might not hire copywriters should think about what type of copy that they can write Mm -hmm. using these tools or focus on being a type of copywriter that produces copy that people look for that's not related to ai like if you write a book i think people are still going to read it you know yeah of course it's not going away Mm -hmm. people are still going to read an article that wasn't written by ai an opinion piece you know or people are going to look for unique um information that is not something that can be created without a backstory for example you know so ai can't write something it's never known you know and that's you know story writing fictional uh, information as well so Mm -hmm. i'm just like i feel like everybody just needs to embrace change (laughs) because no matter what like when i first started marketing you could get away with the most basic of things and you were on the top of Google. Now it's, you know, rocket science to get there Mm -hmm. in so many industries, but it's not that you can't do it. You just have to work harder and that's just part of life. Yeah. So I've been having this conundrum that I actually wanted to talk to you about because I feel like you're the person for this. But basically, I was reading this article the other day about how a teacher was really mad about, you know, a student cheating with, with the chat. And, um, and he found out, and he's just writing this article that, you know, this is outrageous, this, is, uh, this, this needs a limit, and all these things that obviously makes you question, like, how is the education system going to adapt to something like this? Because this is a big change. For whenever you're writing an essay at school, like... If I had this in high school, like, let me tell you, straight A's. <laughs> but straight A's in essay writing classes. True. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's so different. And, like, I was analyzing this with someone. I forgot who it was. But um, we were analyzing how it's going to be more like, like, knowledge is there. Like, we no longer have to retain information. Knowledge is accessible you know we have we live with a phone in our hands with our bodies the whole time we have like ai with us at all times right we have a question i literally ask google questions like how do i whatever do this and it's just like you know google has it you know so i don't know how how is it going to change like the education system like what do you think so this is actually something i've been thinking about a lot is the the difference between information and education right like google is information it's not education it doesn't Mm -hmm. provide education in any way you can use it as a medium for educating yourself but then you also have to do something which is really important and the thing i fear of more is that people don't do due diligence anymore they don't like google something and fact check it to make sure that that information is correct Mm -hmm. or you know search it in another form you know like in a book or go to the library like just basically using other ways of proving whether something is accurate or not Mm -hmm. it's it's gone that the and people rely too heavily on on the information that they're given and for me that is is what i'm more afraid of than anything is that people aren't educating themselves they're mm-hmm. just using the readily available information and just putting it out there as if it's something that they mm-hmm. came up with or, or they understood even and um, without really like 
checking ourselves and, and making sure that whatever we're consuming is, is really good information, um, I think that's the, the biggest worry is that people mm-hmm. just no longer um, do their due diligence. Right. Oh, I, I never thought about it like that, honestly, like the due diligence part. But it's so true because there's so many websites, there's so much information out there that we, we never really know what's the truth out there. So it's more like opinionated and and you just never know. But um, but with education for me, I get like the whole education, like teaching yourself. I think you can do, let's say YouTube, you can definitely teach yourself like how to do st- something, whatever. But that connection you know like you have all this information but that connection you make and how you create new things with that information i feel like that's the the spark that ai might not be able to connect right i feel like yes information 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 you can fix this article you can do this but when it comes to having that creative ideas that are more than that information that you're getting into i feel like that's the value of what we're doing in the, on this planet right now. And for a long time I've been thinking this. I'm like, we're not meant to just sit there and like do whatever. You know what I mean? I think we are meant to evolve, right? And make the environment around us evolve more and more in different ways and create. Like we really are here to create. And obviously we forget that and because obviously we need a salary, we need to do this, we need we need to pay our bills and whatever. If that changes, let's say if there is in the near future an AI that is going to replace like the admin stuff that we don't no longer need to do, how do you think, you know, we're going to deal with this with the government, with, you know, like our culture, you know, I personally think it's going to help us evolve. Like we were kind of thinking is is important. I think evolution is is going to accelerate pretty dramatically. Um, because we're not going to rely on others as much. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to rely more on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think for those people who are looking to evolve, that's going to help them evolve even faster. Because I think sometimes we get in our own way um, because we rely on you know resources or institutions that have been deemed as like, oh, that's the place to, to go to to get this thing done. And now we just don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. We just need ourselves and our tools, right? Mm-hmm. So when people have that much power within their own, you know, hand, arm's reach, I think that's going to really change the dynamic of, of the human existence where you don't need to believe what I have to say or anybody else has to say. You created a program that helps you find information. And then from that, you learn how to be a chef. You know, and then I think AI mm-hmm. is going to tra- translate um, not just the ingredients that you see on paper, but it'll create a video for you on how to make the the dish that you want to make without needing a human so to, to make it. It can create the video for you. And then you're a chef. Now you're not a chef, but you're, you're able to make this dish that's your mm-hmm. favorite dish, you know, and you don't need anybody else. And I think that's not going to make us more like introverted or secluded but just like happier hopefully you know Mm -hmm. because it's like i didn't need to wait you know a couple days for somebody to respond to my text about this question i had i I got what i needed right away and that i think is is exciting i don't know i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid of it at all you know people talk about like oh i really like to drive and it's like but until you can sit in the back seat and, and your car drives you around you won't know maybe you'd like that better you know yeah uh-huh. and, and if you are guaranteed to arrive safely like that who's afraid of that you know yeah so I'm, I'm not at the very least i i want to be more like i said a part of the the side that helps evolve those systems mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. up with like ways to detect errors and and ultimately make sure that we're not evolving in in a toxic way but in just a healthy way yeah of course wow so i've been thinking a lot about this because with with this resource it's a resources resource for so many people to use like individuals not just companies right um i think a lot of people have a lot of ideas and they lack the resources to be able to implement that in the world right I feel like this is going to create a lot of like different small companies around in the world just because 
you know, an individual is going to have the capacity to, to, do, to do more than just what they're capable of doing. Do you know what I mean? Of course. So, like, now they have, like, an assistant. Or they have, like, um, something that can help them understand a concept that they might, might not understand themselves, right? And that's just going to create opportunity for you to go and open whatever company you want or figure out the things that are limiting you to do the work that you're, you want to do, Right. So I was thinking about this last week because um, we, I, we did an interview for Christy, you know. So she was talking about her, her company and her, um, how a lot of uh, her limits in the beginning were finding a manufacturer, finding like supplies and all that stuff for her product. And I feel like this would really help like someone find that easily not maybe not easily but maybe in a faster more efficient way to be able to like go figure out what's best out there you know just with so much information that you can simply actually ask the you know ai be like so what about this product or materials how what kind of what are the best materials that we can you know recycle blah 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 whatever you know that's just incredible research that you are cutting out so much um limitation for individuals that have ideas that they want to implement, you know? Yeah, I think it's exciting. I, I know. I, I'm, I, I look forward to it. I, I just see it like instead of being um, sort of intimidated by mm -hmm. taking on a new venture or, or trying a new strategy, mm -hmm. it's more like motivating. And, you know, if you need to find a new manufacturer, you won't be like, oh, this is such a pain. You'll be like, oh, yeah, we just do the same thing we did last time and just ask like, Hey, where can I get this? And then boom, you, you get information kicked back at you mm -hmm. and then you have people you can interact with. And, mm -hmm. and if they have AI implemented the, the closing time of getting a deal done is so much faster. And oh my God. Mm -hmm. it's like, wh why is that bad? <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I think it's, you know, scary if, if we say like, Oh, what should I feed my baby? And the AI says, oh, today you should feed it carrots. And you're like, okay, I'm going to feed it carrots. That is what I'm afraid of because you don't ask why. You don't say like, well, why carrots? Mm -hmm. what, what, why are you recommending this? What is the source of the information of why you made this recommendation? Mm -hmm. So not being so dependent on it, you know, where you still give a little bit of pushback. Mm -hmm. and, and better vet the information that you're being given because I think AI is, is ultimately built off of the input behind it and that input can become tainted. I was about to ask you because, you know, like Wikipedia, mm -hmm. like anybody can edit right? and you can't really use it as a resource for your information. But with AI, how would it be able to like kind of retain the right information? You know, like, that's just a big question for me. And you're right. Like, it's that's that's what scares me. It's like, okay, well, how do I know this is the real, like, where are you getting this paragraph from? Like, or, like, today I went, I was like, how does meditation help me? <laughs> right? So I asked him that question. And it gave me a list of benefits of meditating. I'm like, where'd you get this information? Like, what? Like, there's just... There's so much more and there's there can be different answers. Like, how are you choosing this one particular answer, right? And also, for example, if you're asking about, I don't know, like maybe like help me choose a name for my next product or something. <clears throat> and you put in like, you know, things about the details about your company or what you're trying to do. How do you know that's not you know giving someone else the same kind of answers like i don't know oh I just, I get, yeah for sure you I, know what i mean i see it actually within ai now um just because of how much i use it for for creating copy mm -hmm. that it, it becomes repetitive it's still very young in what it, right. it's capable mm -hmm. of doing but that it's also sometimes with with conversation with somebody almost like it's individualizing these platforms when you talk to somebody they may say certain words all the time. You know, mm -hmm. every time you talk to them, they say, um, let's say every time you talk to them for every other sentence. And that is what AI does in a way. It has similar responses that it does repetitively because it's not been given 
feedback to evolve. So mm -hmm. I find it important that the that the consumers of AI do their part in evolving the information that it gives out by by telling it, you know, you're wrong, you know, or actually you could say it this way. Or did you know that meditation is also really good for, you know, your, you know, foot health, you know, yeah. and then it's like now it starts to give more information that it used to just say is good for your mental health, you know, yeah. so it's, it's like, it's so important that we challenge and mm -hmm. and make sure that we, we don't accept everything just to, for the what, what it gives us and, and be and and embrace educating ourselves which is what we should always do we should never just get information yeah like an active you know reciprocation with it being able to educate it in the right way that's um I forgot the, what podcast it was, but it, there was someone I'm going to, I'm going to like link this and I'll send it to you because I feel like you would like this one. But he was talking about how, you know, AI is learning from, you know, the information that we're putting out there on Instagram, on social media, Twitter specifically, Facebook, you know, everything that we're using online and is creating this uh, mechanism of how humans interact. And the fact that there are, there is a, a negative part of the social media, a negative part of the internet. And it's also obtaining information from that negative part. Like it doesn't identify what's good or bad. It's just getting all the information, right? So he was saying that if we are implementing AI, which we are obviously in the future and continuing to kind of help it develop, we need to make sure that we are providing, um, you know, identifying that we need to put out good things more, right? For sure. And it's learning how humans are, their emotions, and, you know, how we respond and how we do different things. And if we keep putting negative things, that's what's going to learn from us. Absolutely. And that, that to me is like the scary part. It's the human aspect of it, of learning from us right for sure oh yeah it's it's scary to think that computers learn from humans in 2022 because <laughs> it, it's not the best oh, not the best Come human back, like in a few years like, <laughs> right no i i agree it, it it's a it's a scary thing to think that if somebody was going to learn if, if you were to be like all right i want you to learn everything about the human race mm -hmm. and I, the only thing i'm going to give you for education is twitter you are going to learn everything you need to learn and you have Twitter as your database. It'd be like, well, I learned some pretty scary <laughs> things, you know, but if I was like, oh, all you can have is the Disney channel, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be a totally different way you would think humans are, you know? Yeah. And so that I think is, is what's unique about it is the input streams are also selected by the person designing the program. Mm -hmm. They're like, I want to get, feed from Twitter but not from the Disney Channel mm -hmm. and so yeah you're gonna have really interesting uh, you know AI systems that are gonna have contradicting information as well so yeah there's not gonna be just one AI you know you, you might consider the New York Times to have its own technology to yeah. you know grab news and give it to you but you may just not trust in their software different personality AI. right a hundred percent Wow Wow that's so true and it's very um, how do I say it's very limited to the personality of humans because for example if you compare TikTok to Instagram it's a different personality like when you go in and interact in those apps you a side of you that is different comes out than from Instagram for example you know what I mean like Instagram is more like um, filtered, more like aesthetic, right? In TikTok, I feel like I could, I could really put out things that are, you know, are more, I don't know, I don't even know. Raw. How to, raw. Ex perfect. Yes, that's the word. More raw, right? So it's like two different personalities right there. If you're comparing both, like if AI is studying those two platforms together, they're going to be like, oh my God, what is happening here? What's the dynamic, right? Right. And that's interesting that you said that, honestly, because it is. If New York Times has its own AI, 
like it's going to be that AI personality. For right? sure. Yeah, if, if it was to <clears throat> use, you know, certain, you know, mediums for its education, I find it to be interesting how some people are like, oh, Twitter is is going to die or Instagram is going to die or they, they think certain platforms have like a lifespan but mm-hmm. they don't realize like what you just said they're totally different interests on those platforms mm-hmm. and I think they have different demographics who are, are fans of them so I find it hard to believe that they'll they'll ever truly expire because people like the differences between them yeah you know? and, 100%. And, and Twitter I think appeals to a different audience altogether but I, I do find there to be a lot of misinformation out there that exists on these platforms that if AI is using them to evolve itself, that mm-hmm. it's kind of scary because it may may grab historical facts that aren't true, yeah. you know, and, 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 and use them yeah. in a way that we think they're fact, mm-hmm. you know. But Wikipedia is user input and it can't, and it has errors. It's not always mm-hmm. true. And... So we have to always just be aware of like what we're receiving as information and make sure we we check it. Yeah, I think that's the number one thing is to let's let's evolve. Let's be open minded, but also be aware that it's not a perfect system. Absolutely. Don't depend fully on it. And I feel like that's a good way to start this new journey. Yeah, because it is a new journey. I'm like so ready to experiences honestly i'm excited i i I am not looking forward to like the deep fake generation that we're about to be in where we'll see a video of a celebrity and it's not actually real you know and that will screw with people like i I saw a great video the other day of of uh, an ai morgan freeman oh that's the one i saw yeah on linkedin and it just showed me that wow we can see this and be like this person said this and be affected by it and then find out that it was never it never happened yeah and that's ultimately what you know comes back to what i referred to in the psychology of marketing is if you find these ways to to deliver messages Mm -hmm. in the ways that people will find most influential then you can you can cause massive disruption yeah And, and it it's all the same thing. It's it's convincing somebody in whatever form you find usable. So you could convince kids to do something by just creating an, an AI of the people mm-hmm. that they respect the most and deliver them a message. And now they're they're growing up with that type of influence. And that's scary in, in many ways. So I think it's a very powerful tool that we always need to be just aware of and, yeah. and, and never let it kind of take over and, and oh my god can you imagine no <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be interesting it's definitely gonna be interesting but For sure yeah thank you so much alex do you want to say anything do you have anything else to say no, before we no. end our episode <laughs> no i think it was just a really awesome time i, I thank you so much for the opportunity to, yeah, to speak on your show and really excited for what you got going on and, and excited to see you grow and Thank yeah. you. I have so many more questions. We might have to do like another one because <laughs> there's so much it. I would want to like pick your brain from. But Always thank down. you so much for your time. I'm so excited to post this one. Thank you so much. Woo. <laughs>